the education team for Jackson Family Wines proudly brings you these podcasts for your listening enjoyment. All right, here we are back again for another episode on Bud Break podcast series. This is Nick Hetzel, and I am thrilled to be here today with a friend and colleague, Wendy Hammond, our Monterey Winery Ambassador, and also resident of the Salinas Valley. She lives and breathes this air on a daily basis. Wendy, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm great, Nick. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, let's get into the nitty gritty on Monterey. So, you know, Wendy, why Monterey? Obviously, Monterey is a a big portion of what we do. Um, How did that all come about? Well, we have this winery that um, produces a lot of Chardonnay. And back in the 1980s, we were unable to keep up with the supply and demand. And that wine is Kendall Jackson Vintners Reserve Chardonnay. And, you know, Jess was ahead of his time as far as Monterey goes because he understood and realized the potential Monterey had to provide him with good quality Chardonnay grapes. And he needed an engine to support the Vintners Reserve Chardonnay. Number one selling Chardonnay needed Chardonnay grapes. And Monterey was where we were going to get it. So in the early 90s, we figured this was where we were going to be. And by the mid-90s, by 96, 97, we built the Monterey facility. And we now house up to 30-plus thousand barrels that is predominantly Chardonnay for Vintners Reserve Chardonnay. Wow. I remember my first time visiting there with Chris Cotto, Mm. and he says, Hey, you want to see what 30,000 barrels of Chardonnay looks like? And he opens those doors and that's what 30,000 barrels of Chardonnay look like. Uh, definitely blew my mind. So, I mean, what what is it about Monterey in this area that, you know, Jess and Randy were, were so attracted to in terms of, you know, obviously there was some financial benefit to being in Monterey, but what was it about it to, to producing world-class coastal um, Chardonnay to help uh, increase, increase the Vintners Reserve project? Land. There was a lot of land. We have 45,000 acres um, planted to grapes here in Monterey County. So um, for us, we knew we would be able to tap into that. But really, for me, it's such a unique, diverse region. You know, it's 90 miles long, and you can have temperature swings, you know, almost 40 degrees in any given day from the very northern part of this region to the very south end of this region. And you know, we at Jackson Family source beautiful vineyards all along the coast in California, but Monterey is so different because the way it's aligned with the ocean, it's basically opens to the bay, and in that bay is the Blue Grand Canyon. So it's a real deep, it's twice the size of its partner in Arizona, and that water never gets warm. I've always wondered why we don't see more people swimming in that ocean, but it's because it does not get any warmer than 52 degrees on the warmest of days. So every day, like clockwork, I mean, we we set our watches by the wind every day. It comes and it starts to howl from 1.30 on and doesn't stop until 7 o'clock. It's relentless. It's cold. So that that cold wind that blows down from the bay, obviously being 
sort of spawned on by warmer temperatures south of the of the wine growing region in Monterey, that cold wind will, I'm assuming, keep temperatures down so that you can retain acidity and have a longer growing season. Is that kind of the general idea? With we have one of, yeah, absolutely. We have one of the longest grow seasons in the state. We experience bud break very early in February, and most of the time we haven't finished harvesting until much into October. I've I've missed a few Thanksgivings because uh, we've been harvesting up to the 24th. So we do have this really long growth season, which is what makes Chardonnay and Pinot Noir thrive. It's what makes our wines so great from here is because they have plenty of time to mature. You know, they actually, our vines shut down daily. If it's cold enough with that wind howling down, they actually take a little break and sleep it off and then the next day get up and, and start doing what they do. So photosynthesis stops because fog, I haven't even said anything about the fog. We have this blanket of fog that also comes in. Um, the grapes love it. Uh, us locals, we're not, we don't love it, but we know it's important. Um, but any day I can look out the valley and it looks like someone has just rolled out that cotton you put out at Christmas because it's that thick and you can see above it and below it, which is oftentimes revert, referred to as that version layer. So it's it's really cool to see. And it moves slow. You can watch it come down the valley. You can watch it head back out. And are we planting on hillsides here or the valley floor? Or we are replanting. Yeah, well, so the, the valley is a 90-mile valley that's separated by two huge mountain ranges. And we are now just planting um, up kind of down near the winery up on the Lamakia Ranch. And it's pretty good elevation, believe it or not. Um, we do farm on the valley floor, which is really the dry riverbed. And that's what's kind of cool is that we get to source different elevated grapes, which really helps us when we make our wine here because it's cold. We get those racy acidities. So we get to kind of blend grapes from, you know, the east side of the valley, the valley floor, and the west side of the valley, which is the Santa Lucia Highlands. That gets shade pretty early in the day. So we get to do this really fun blending with different styles of grapes from the different areas in the region. All right. Well, speaking of different styles, I know, I mean, obviously we've talked about Vintners Reserve and Monterey being a big source of that, but we have some other pretty cool wines that are are sourced and made from Monterey. Um, take us through a little bit of the differences between, you know, say Carmel Road, La Crema, and Siduri. Absolutely. Um, and don't forget Kendall Jackson, because we do do provide quite a bit of food for that little small indeed, engine. Indeed. Um, we produce Carmel Road which has been really exciting to see because it was um, really Jess's idea back in the late 90s to make a wine from Monterey. And this was his idea of really showcasing what this region was about. And Carmel Road's kind of um, dipped and it's had some changes. We did different styles of Chardonnays. And I think what's the most exciting part now is with Chris Cotto on board, He's really been able to tap into how he stylistically wants his Chardonnay to be. Because then we've got La Crema, and we all know La Crema loves to showcase the state and show the differences between, you know, Russian River, Anderson Valley, 
all the way down here to Monterey. And we have winemakers that are sourcing fruit from the same vineyards, but stylistically they're so different. And it's because it's what their envision of what their Chardonnay is going to be. And then you throw Siduri in the mix, which super fun because it's all Pinot Noir from the Santa Lucia Highlands. But again, he is sourcing fruit from little vineyards, little tiny vineyards in this SLH that are all very different. And that's the other part about really the Arroyo Seco AVA, which is where we predominantly are, is you have these little micro climates that you could actually have 30 different AVAs all within a few miles because the soils are different, because of the way sun hits them. It's just, that's that's just part of that uniqueness of this, this region is it's so big and yet it can be so small. So those three brands are, are really predominantly all Monterey, but so uniquely different. Would you say that, you know, Chris's wines at Carmel Road, is he, is he, is he picking those at a different time than La Crema and using less new oak? Yes. Um, so it's always, we make big jokes about how these guys get dressed up in the middle of the night and their army fatigues and dark colors and they go out there and they start <laughs> pointing fingers at where they want to, you know, have the machines down there picking. And what's interesting is that they all stylistically are different because of when they pick. Chris definitely has a time when he picks. Ben Salazar lets his stay on a little longer. Um, but it's really what happens when it gets back to the winery. And it's all comes down to, you know, how much malactic fermentation? Is it going in neutral oak? Are we putting them in, you know, new oak, little old oak? It's all very different. But with Chris, I think he's nailed it now because again, those big racy, bright acidities, he's been able to produce the Chardonnay in a in a way that. You have so much Chardonnay profile with the tropical and citrus, and yet it's got a nice mouthfeel, and he doesn't do much malactic fermentation. You got La Crema, you got Ben, and he's stirring leaves, and then he's you know letting it sit in French oak for six to eight months, depending on what he's after. And again, but these grapes are all taken within a few rows of each other. So um, stylistically, it's really the winemaker and what they do. Great, great. And I love that. And I think that that's something, you know, most people would say about Chardonnay in particular is that it it definitely can can have the the signature stamp of of who's making it as long as, you know, it comes from the same general area. Yeah. Um, cool. So you mentioned a little bit about machine harvesting. I know that, you know, we're certainly at the forefront of that uh, in Monterey. I, I've seen those behemoths. I'm glad I don't have to drive them. That uh, I'd, be, I'd be worried about the liability on that. Um, so we have the great mechanized uh, harvesting there, and and expand a little bit about. I, I know in Monterey, this is also an area where we are we heavily rely on sustainability, and this is sort of a hub, if you will, for the company for sustainability. What are some cool things we're doing in Monterey regarding that? So touching on the machine harvesting. We farm upwards of 3,000 acres, and in this little area, like you have heard me say again and again and again, we have a very long growth season. And sometimes at the end of this growth season, when sugars are just finally getting where they want to be, they usually hit all at once. And so in order for us to get that fruit off in a timely manner, 
machine harvesting is the only way to do it. And those machines are insane. They're upwards of a million dollars a piece. And unlike you, I do want to drive one, but they won't <laughs> let me. Every once in a while, I'll go down and I'll get real close. And then someone will come back and no, do not let her in. But they are, they're amazing. And it's the way we keep our quality so good is because we can get our fruit off when we want to. In a moment's notice, we can get it into the facility. It's a state-of-the-art facility. When it was built, it was built knowing we were going to probably expand just knew Monterey was going to be a very important part of our um, business. And so with that, um, we are very aware of our footprint here. And we're super proud of a few things that we do at the winery that, you know, I you have to talk on it. One is, you know, it used to take us about 10 gallons of water to work a barrel. We have a beard line that allows us to use about a gallon, almost less than a gallon, of water to work a barrel. Now, when I told you we had 30,000 oak barrels of Chardonnay for Vintners Reserve, we have about 40 more thousand barrels that house the La Crema, house the Vintners Reserve Chard and other Chardonnay for portfolio or for other brands in our portfolio. Um, so conserving water, working 80,000 barrels um, is, is pretty impressive. Um, we're also, um, we rely on solar. We partnered with Tesla and we have these huge batteries outside the facility that allows us to save about 250,000, 250 homes worth of electricity, not thousand, um, which I think is pretty impressive, you know, and especially that's per day, 250 homes per day, per day, per that's day. Great. And then in the, in the vineyards, um, you know, sustainability is not only in the, in the winery and with our people, but also in the vineyards. And we, um, with those big machines that we we harvest with, we also use them year round. So they don't just sit in the yard and collect dust. They actually work on a on a daily basis, working between rows. Um, and then what I really love to talk about is the falconry program. We have a husband and wife that have been flying for us for gosh, it's been almost 13 years. Dave and Amy, and they each come with five birds apiece. They have their own vehicles and Amy works the east side of the valley and Dave works the west side and they basically flush starlings and finches um, from our vineyards. And those little buggers can wipe out a vineyard in a day. So for us, it's super important um, that these falcons can actually fly it keeps us from having to use bird netting, which ends up in a landfill. Um, it's it's all around just a really, and it's amazing to watch. I can't believe what these birds do and how important they are for our sustainability. Absolutely. And I, I think, Wendy, we'll, we'll end on this note. Um, for those of you that are, that are out there that have not spent time in Monterey, Wendy, obviously, as we mentioned earlier, lives there and she is the hostess with the mostess. <laughs> So book a half a day with Wendy and go fly the Falcon. It's very fun. Um, and and it's, a, it's a really neat experience to see this area because I think it's often overlooked uh, in fine wine regions uh, throughout California. So Wendy, thank you so much for your knowledge, insight, and time. And uh, it was great speaking with you again. And, and for everyone out there, thanks for listening to another episode here on Bud Break Podcast Series. Thanks.